Hello, and welcome to the Counterpress Podcast. I am your host, Kirk Kinsey, and with me tonight is Josh Cacho. Josh, tell me something. I mean, were we actually watching a game? Because I'm not sure what they were doing on the field. This certainly wasn't soccer. Um, you know, maybe they thought it was football, but not the football that Bob talks about, just American football. So, um, you know, that that's the only way to explain. I don't know. I, I mean, if it, if it was American football, it's a, it's a noodle-armed quarterback throwing a bunch of underneath routes under, like, really loose zone coverage that is just immediately tackled behind it. Like, you, like... It reminds me, like if we're going to force that analogy, let's force it all the way. It's third and 10, and your wide receiver runs an out, but only eight yeah. yards deep. <laughs> it's like the cornerback's like, all right, that's fine. You can have those eight yards, and then tackles him, and now it's fourth and two, and you're punting, right? It's like That's how I felt watching every single pass from LAFC today because, of course, San Jose is in their one-on-one uh, man-marking system just sitting on people and Nobody is making any sort of move to get open. Nobody's coming back to the ball. So you see these very slow balls passed into the feet of whoever it is and immediately are pounced on by by the defender who's just sitting there waiting. Um, so a lack of movement, a lack of interest. Uh, like it was, it was bad. It was bad today. Yeah, I mean, it felt like, I mean, they didn't, San Jose didn't really press the whole, fi- the whole pitch like they have been in the past, right? They're in a little bit of a, slightly different setup i think it was like what a three four three and they kind of let you into into their zone before they actually started man marking yeah it's tough it's tough with whenever i watch san jose i'm like i never pay attention to the formation at all because you just know like the one the one center forward is gonna you know kind of oscillate between whichever center back has the ball and then a midfielder is gonna pick up the entry pass right so it's it's kind of tough to say but yeah i didn't feel like it was they were more than content to let them kind of pass into the midfield and then cut that ball out. Like, like I was saying, I felt like they would just sit on the forwards. And as soon as the center back tried to play it to them, they would just jump that passing lane and be off to the races. Yeah. And so, you know, like with that in mind, right. It's like the, the way that you always beat San Jose, right. Is pass and move. Yeah. Right. But for some reason that, that whole, that whole principle of play that we've, relied on for the last uh you know since the the, the franchise was created mm-hmm. right it has become from pass and move to just pass and pray yeah right so that's kind of the, the new the new strategy is pass and pray rather than actually do something with it because it, it certainly isn't the the you know we're not seeing that extra movement to the second ball right it's like you hit the guy at his feet and you're supposed to have that second move up the sideline or something like to create yep. another passing lane but it's just not there i mean for the last two games even in the last one right didn't we felt like we had a lot of static positioning from the um definitely from the center backs or not the center back but the midfielders right yeah. where you just felt like no one was really moving your guys are having to hit 10, 15 yard passes as opposed to being able to play, you know, a three, four yard pass, move on and then hit again. And, you know, yeah. so you know, I, I'd like to see what the amount of passes that we're hitting comparatively, but it's, it sure seems like it's a lot less because the, the types of passes that we're attempting are miles different. Yeah. And it's something you and I have been very critical uh, this year about Latif and, and Mark Anthony K when you're still here about, there's there's zero movement up front. It's kind of like watching Greg Berhalter's four three three, where like those two 
those two eights just stand around and wait to be passed the ball. So it's very easy to mark them out of the game because they don't move. Uh, they're never they're never moving laterally. And I felt like when Janela came in against SKC, that's what he was doing well. Uh, and then tonight when he starts, it's like, well, what are we doing now? So, yeah. Well, uh, and that's the thing, right? In in a man-marking system, right? If they're not stressing horizontally and that all they're doing is kind of just occupying the that half space, right? That's kind of where they're operating, right? Is basically they're just running they're they're into into those half spaces yeah yeah back and forth but there's no interchange there's no movement there's no left to right right it doesn't change the verticality of it so how do you move now now like you were saying right the way that they were able to defend it it felt like judson basically just sets sits in there and cuts up passing lanes because Man, and he if, he he big boy atuesta several times tonight too like i mean just just dispossessed atuesta like he didn't even want the ball yeah, but but you have the thing though. If he based on where their movement is, right? If they're just into the half space, he can sit in between and just play in the lanes. Yeah, there's no yeah. need for him to try and you know to have. He's you never felt like he was having to make a recovery run, right? Like mm-hmm. you know, like Moon, right? In terms of where he was, where he was, you felt like he was always late on his recovery run, right? Because he's not getting back or whatever yeah. it may be. But Judson, for where for what we were making him do. Right, like Cowell was making. Let's put it this way: Cowell was making Moon run all over the place. Right, yeah, having to track back, having to force Mario out to cover him in space, whatever. We did not do that to their defensive midfielders. No, right, like no. what you would expect there. Right, is is okay. Do Sifu and Janela fl- or Atuesta? I think was playing the eight today, and Janela was deep. I think at times is what I think. Um, I, I I think I saw it a little bit different. I think I was s- it. That's what I just remember um, Max on the call saying that they had, that um, that Atuesta was pushing higher maybe, up. I mean, maybe maybe it was times. one of those things that was just like they were interchanging and kind of like a not a simultaneous double pivot, but in a, like a double pivot where when one goes, one stays type of thing. But yeah, yeah. So you know, but even then, right? If you're just moving into that half space and not flaring out wide, right? You know, getting out wide and then letting yeah. the letting the fullbacks pinch inside, right? Like you're supposed to be able to do either or, right? If the ball moves inside, then the fullback moves outside and vice versa. But really our fullbacks have become stagnant and just overlap making all they do is make overlapping runs. Right? Mm-hmm. Like especially Moon. Mm-hmm. Right? Like, you know, I got into it, you know, a little bit with on Twitter, but basically you just see him doing one thing and then not getting back on time. Right, is, yeah, is what he's yeah. doing on that right hand side, right? Whereas occasionally you want him to be able to pinch inside and do a couple different things, but it's just not there. Yeah, uh, man. I, I mean, let's get into it because I mean, it was clear right from the beginning what they were go- what they were going to do, and it was when they turn the ball over, they're going to find their wingers um, right behind Moon or Palacios, and and it was frequently Moon, and that's why you bring up Cowell and and Espinosa, who were just. Uh, behind in behind moon all the time and that's so you see mario come over several times before the 10th minute when he actually gets his yellow card and and gives up the the foul that leads to the goal but i mean i it had to have been three or four times where mario's making some sort of recovery run because everybody's already out of position um and it i I, it's it's just the same thing over and over and over again about a disorganized back line and um and Moon has not looked good in a four-man back line. And that's 
defending inside where he gave up the goal against uh what was it portland right yeah mm-hmm. off the throw in that he does he doesn't put in a challenge he just gets in front and then turns his back to it uh he didn't look great uh against skc in either formation that they played with him and then and then tonight he's he's getting cooked early so that's 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 a problem um and it's this isn't to say again to discard him or just it's just like it's a liability that you need to know like moon's offensive presence is worth having a little bit of liability on that back line but you got to do something else to defend uh if that's the case because the lafc got wrecked on counters is specifically down their own right flank tonight um yeah i mean what is it the um we've we've seen teams with super attacking fullbacks right in world football that aren't the greatest defenders right Trent Alexander-Arnold of my beloved Liverpool is the the primary example. That guy's not defending anyone. I mean, is he a better defender than Moon? Sure, right. But yeah. he's not. He's not a world class defensive defensive fullback, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, those don't really exist. I feel like much in the world at all these days. But in general, right? If you don't have to be, you know, you don't have to be a great defender. But what they what they do a little bit differently, right? Is that those those midfielders flare out to the outside, right, and cover that ground. Yeah. Right. Yeah. They play an inverted midfield to cover for that amount for that run. Yeah. But when he makes that run to the outside, our midfielders pushing into the half space. So of course you're going to have acres of space for Cal to run in. And it was, and you could tell that it was intentional. That, that that's that's where they were going to make their run over and over and over again. Yeah. Right. Like like and the it, entire first half felt like it was just targeted at eating up whatever moon was leaving, leaving vacant every time he moved the pitch. And if, and when he stays at home, right. Say he does say he doesn't, you know, he doesn't push up. He's also not a very good defender, even if when he's there. So what are you really getting from him at that point? So uh, what I will say in moon and, and LAFC's defense um, is that ideally, you know, you, you, you're sitting midfielders back and you're playing an extra center back to help cover for those defensive liabilities, right? Um, where you're saying, all right, you are essentially now just a, a right midfielder playing extremely wide, but we all know what it looks like when LAFC goes to that three man back line, especially with the personnel they have available. Um, and the guys playing in the front as well. Like it's just, it's, it's looked bad. Um, aside from a couple halves where it's clicked, but so I, it goes back to you have to you have to know yourself. You have to know your personnel, and and leaving Moon on an island like that is not is not good because now you're going to expose Mario. He's going to get an early yellow. He's already dealing with a hamstring injury, and now he comes off at the half again. Um, now, hopefully, that's just preventative. Hopefully, it's not like he goes in the locker room and says, "Ah, it just doesn't feel right," or something something flared up again. I don't From know. Did what, you see anything after the game, Josh? Yeah. That? So what they said, I think Bob, someone asked Bob about it in the press conference. He was only slated to go 60 um, at, at most. And then when he picked up the yellow, then they just pulled him. Okay. Okay. So a little right. bit and, of both there. Yeah. Um, but at the same time, like, you know, fall's fine. He like, did what he was supposed to. They didn't give up another goal after the fact. Yeah. I mean, I think, I think fall is the most positive thing about this game. The emergence of Mamadou fall as, what did I tell you? In the last center game? Back. What's that? So what did I tell you on the ride home from the last game? Yeah, absolutely. That's, he's, that he's was my it. new boy. I mean, obviously yeah. Thomas Romero has fallen off a cliff um, in terms of the way he's playing too. But you know, 
Yeah, I, well, Fall, yeah. Fall stepped up big time. I didn't feel like there was a, uh, any sort of defensive letdown by bringing him on. I feel like he probably brings you a little bit more with his feet, especially, even though I'm I'm so tired of seeing Root one ball, uh, even though he plays a great ball. Like I just I can't watch that anymore. Um, yeah, I mean, it's, LAFC it's just continues just continues to to spray balls forward only to be won by the opposing team's back line. Like, yeah. stop with this nonsense. Well, I mean, and then at that point, you're getting completely away from the principles that yes. you know we've we've seen yes. for the past few years, and what we've come to expect, and you know, generally why you both you and I right have come to like the way that you know, like that's a big part of what draws us to LAFC, right? And especially in the beginning, was the way that they played, right? It wasn't it wasn't Benny, you know, was it what's that guy's name? Ben Olsen, Benny Ball from um, DC United, where yeah, it's, yeah. you know, bunker in and just kick the ball as far as you can. You know, we're not playing Barnsley ball. You know, we're not doing mm-hmm. any of this nonsense, right? It was, it's total football, right? What we would have come to expect and what, you know, Bob and his spirit quest apparently learned and, you know, is apparently sometimes seemingly uh, a bit rigid on. But, you know, that's the intent, right? But they've, and again, like, it's one thing. It's one thing when we see them make mistakes within trying to play a specific way, when they've moved completely away from that, and it's, and it, and that and those principles look completely absent at this point. Yeah, that's when it becomes a little bit question. You know, we have to start that's, asking those questions. That's the difficult thing for me, Josh. Is I I don't I don't recognize what they're trying to do anymore, and that's not to say that I'm the football god and I know everything. It's I I I just can't. Who can explain what they're trying to do right now in ter- in the terms that they've set for themselves, right? It, and of course, the teams have to evolve. And at the beginning, I think you and I talked a lot about how it seemed like they were looking to uh, when they went when they won the ball, uh, when they were able to to force a turnover, like play it immediately into the counterattack. And I think that's what got Mark Anthony Kay in a lot of trouble at the beginning of the year because he was winning the ball and immediately looking for the threaded ball, uh, which you know, is, is a risky play uh, on the counter. So he was turning over a lot of passes. Um, and even tonight, like that's not what they were doing tonight. Tonight, they San Jose was possessing all around them. San Jose was clowning. Chris Wondolowski's dropping into the midfield and one touching terrible passes away. And like, we can't even get close to them. So, um, man, it's just, I, it's it's not the same. And I couldn't tell you what they're trying to do other than, well, we're going to try and play in these long balls either to the, to the feet or to the head of the, of the front line. And maybe something will happen, but give it to Carlos and see what happens is not a viable strategy. Yeah. It's just not like his usage rate is probably through the roof at the moment. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Because I mean, really what are the, I mean, maybe he's holding on the ball, holding onto the ball as well, a little bit too long. But at the same time, if he's holding on to it and then there's no movement coming from anyone else around him, what are you supposed to do? Right? Like, again, like I think it comes back to what the principles that we're expecting to see and what we're hoping to see have always been pass and move and some of these different things and, um, you know, finding that space. But it, you know, like I think it was on the 110 football, the the post game matchup match or the post game show. 
they had talked about, you know, Vince had brought up the, in the point, like, ha- has it gotten stale um, yeah. in terms of what they want to do, right? Have Which is what you and I have been asking for months. Yeah. I feel like we've been this, asking that question for the last year, even. Absolutely. But at the same time, I'm not sure that the, I'm not sure that they've, it's gotten quite as, you know, like maybe like the way that they go about it is stale. If you the principle, if you're holding to those specific principles, it's not going to feel the way that it did tonight. Yeah. Right. Where right, like right. you know, where it, it just seems devoid of of creativity and opportunity and and anything of the sort, right? That you know, like yep. it's it felt mechanical. It felt like a team that's that's kind of just tuned out. You know, they too they've tuned out, Bob to a degree, right? Like they're still doing what he wants them to do, but without the extra little bit of sauce that help that makes you, you know, a supporter shield winner winning. Yeah. There was, there was one point and I, I tweeted about it. I feel like it was probably in the 30th minute or so where there's a ball making its way through the midfield and ends up on the right wing in the final third. And I think it's Rodriguez that ends up on the ball but Arango and Vela are right there next to him. Yeah. Like they're all within 10 feet of each other. And I want to scream at the TV. Like how, how is this possible? What are like, what, what kind of leeway do you guys have where you can just all pop up on, on the right wing? And what are we like, how are we possibly going to score a goal from here? Here we finally find the feet of one of our forwards and the other two forwards are right on top of him. And there's nobody in the box. Like what? That's the kind of thing where I look at it. I'm like, this team is severely disorganized. And the the most charitable explanation that I can come up with is it's San Jose, and they're being man marked, so they're just showing up wherever they can find a little bit of open space. And it happens to be that all three of them are right there. Uh, but I would argue that if that if San Jose's man marking causes you to do that, then San Jose is owning you big time. Um, yeah, I mean, speaking yeah. of Brian Rodriguez, um, who was the best attacker on the field tonight, and why was it Brian Rodriguez? Oh, I thought the answer was Jackson Yule, <laughs> right? Because apparently he's always, regardless of what team he's playing for, he's always the other team's best player. Yes, um, yes. Because just ask extra time, they'll tell you. Yeah, um, because he, you know, whether it was in in his U.S. national team stints where he looked terrible or right tonight where he was the only goal scorer for LAFC. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, Brian looked, Brian looked, I mean, I think he played fine, right? Like he popped up in good spots. I think the, le- I think, I think I tweeted it before the game. Like this, I think this is the ideal spot for him. Right. Just playing off that left and be able to create underneath. I yeah. don't, I don't necessarily think that they've had enough time to fully put it all together with, whatever Vela and Arango are going to do together. I think Arango yeah. felt like he was dropping a little bit too deep. If that's the thing, mm. right? Mm. Like, you know, I know we play, we've played a false nines and all these things at times, but I felt like he was probably, you know, like I, I saw some nice things, right. In terms of like, he, he, his holdup play is excellent. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Like he looked physical. He did all, a lot of good things, but just from a positioning standpoint, I felt like he put, you know, like he was just trying to do a little bit too much in terms of like chance creation and not enough in terms of like, yeah. Yeah. And I mean, it's, it's, we, like you said, it's, it's hard to, it's hard to fault him 
when he just comes in and yeah. they're still trying well, we to chill and everything. But ideally in that finish. in that situation, I would much rather him just pin back the center backs, lead the line, and like the two eights that you're playing are Sifu and Janela. Like Sifu is gonna is gonna run right at people and he'll get through the midfield. And Janela is one of the best passers on the team. You see you see a pass tonight that I mean that was the the diagonal ball that he plays through the defense uh that Brian kind of like missed times. Um, that was an incredible pass. Like that dropped my jaw. Like it was just a beautiful pass. So you don't need, you don't need Arango dropping into the midfield to try and like outnumber the San Jose midfield. Like just, just trust them to, to get you the ball Mm -hmm. in a good spot. Well, and I think if he can continue to do the things he did, there's really no need to play your, your, your fullback so aggressively at that point, yeah, right? Yeah, like right. You can be more, you can play a back four that's a little bit more so, solid at the back, right? Like just defend, right? That's your primary goal. And then if the opportunities there and we need, we need numbers, then push forward. But yeah. to the extent that we were doing it, given what, given the, the defensive limitations that we've had, um, you know, like it's just one of those things where, you know, I think, like I said, bring. I think the point of bringing in a guy like Arango was to let unleash the front three again, right? Where yeah. we've needed to have a full, you know, Kim Mumwan push up on the right hand side to open things up. But what are you opening up for now if there's three guys in the box already that are all on that right side all together, anyways? Yeah. So now, if, if Moon pushes up on that right, aren't all f- all four of them are there? And then then what? Mm-hmm. You know, I'll tell you one of the most disturbing things that I saw tonight in terms of the attack was I think Arango wins a ball and plays it out wide to to Rodriguez, who gets to the inline, and then he plays the cross right across the face of goal. He's beaten everybody, and Vela it's it's Vela on the back post, but he hasn't made the run, and the ball just kind of fizzles out and you see Vela like kind of like giving the thumbs up like, ah, sorry, man, that was a great ball. I should have been there. That to me was one of the, was a moment where I thought to myself, this team is really out of sync and, and all out of sorts. And again, Arango's brand new Rodriguez is new. So the timing might not be there, but like when a, when a left winger gets on the end line, it's kind of like textbook to put the striker at the spot or the striker take the near post, the opposing winger take the far post and a midfielder comes in and takes and takes the space at the, at the spot. And now, you know, now your winger has a bunch of different options. So Brian does everything he has to do and then plays a ball and Vela is nowhere to be found on the back post. And there's no midfielders overlapping him either to, to pick up the loose ball. And to me, that was the sign of this team is, is not in it. that, like that, I, the the steps involved with missing that kind of run, as you see Brian slaloming through the box, getting to the end line, and then starting to drive a goal, and the, like somebody has to recognize what's going on. Yeah. Somebody has I to mean, be paying attention to make a run. You have to reward that guy for putting in that work. Yes, right. And, yes, and this is one of those things where, in the past, right, it was you know when you have. You have guys like Latif, like Mac, who are going to get forward and they're going to, you know, they're going to push it. They're going to do whatever they can to get on. You know, they, it doesn't always come off, but they're going to certainly make every effort. Yeah. Yeah. That one felt like Vela mailed it in. Yep. 
Yeah. Right. And again, maybe it's because you're down. Maybe it's because you're frustrated. I don't know what it is, but it's certainly not being a leader. Right. Yeah. And, you know, obviously, like there's been this big, you know, this concern of, you know, at, at the end of games, who's leading this team? And again, I don't that question, I don't think still has been answered because it, mm-hmm. it's certainly not coming from your captain. Right. So, is it one of those? Is it one of those things that you strip him of the captaincy? And I don't that's not never going to go well. Yeah. Right. 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 Now that you've already done it, you should have known better than awarding it to him. There's a reason why you gave it to Saman in in year one and not to Carlos Vela. And you probably should have known better in terms of what to do moving forward and give, mm. probably giving it to someone who gives a crap mm. every single play, like a, even a Atuesta, right? Like, you know, the way yeah. that that guy is constantly harping at the refs, like, you know, maybe he's that guy. I don't know. Maybe it's Mario. Maybe you just need someone to step up and tell everyone to get it together. But, yeah, you know, there's a lack of something coming in. And again, sometimes it feels like at this point, I'm not, I wonder if Bob's message has fallen on deaf ears. Yeah. I mean, I, that, that, so that play happened towards the end of the first half. And the thing that made me question the project for this year, the most then happened at the half, which was you sub off Brian Rodriguez and you bring on Diego Rossi, who has not been good. He's not been good. He's got five goals and you know, the season, an assist or so, or so, but for two straight games, Brian Rodriguez has looked like the most dangerous attacker and he's been subbed off in both games. Got it. He's coming back. Okay, fine. But when he's right there next to Arango, who's brand new and quite frankly, looks a little bit lost and he's the sub, not Arango. And then 15 minutes later, you sub off Arango anyway, and you bring on Raheem Edwards to take his spot. That's where I decided this is this is officially a problem. Like Brian Rodriguez looks fine. He's making good plays. His teammates are letting him down. He's he had two or three wide open runs against SKC where he's in a perfect spot to score a goal. Diego Rossi takes bad touches and turns over the ball. He plays in a great cross today. Carlos doesn't make the run. And now he's being yanked again at the half. And then it's and then it's Raheem. So I mean, effectively, he's being subbed out for Raheem Edwards, right? Um, that that made me that made me pretty frustrated with Bob, to be totally honest. Um, because well, I I don't maybe it's a personal thing, maybe it's an attitude thing in practice still with him. That's that's quite possible. But the, what you see on the field from Rodriguez in these last two games is that. He's got quality and and he can make something happen, but he can't do it all himself. And again, he's never been we've we've been upfront about him never being that guy. He's never been the this kind of dominant goal scoring guy. He's been, you know, a, a supplemental winger type of guy. But that that really frustrated me, Josh. Sorry, that was a long rant there. No, but I mean I think you're spot on because when you think about it, like we've this isn't the first time that we've seen questionable decisions being made that we we know have become problems in the locker room right yeah and you know and and if it's one of those things where right you're and and again i think this is i think i had said something about this before like i don't think there's ever been a season where we've made it more apparent that that sell-on is more important than anything it's this priority number one yeah in this case because if you're coaching this team up to play to its 
its its maximum potential, right? Like Rodriguez goes ninety, right? Because mm-hmm. he's he's honestly playing very well at the moment, right? Like he's he's the one guy that was doing making things happen out there, right? And again, right? Like it's like if you if you were to pull off Arango for 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 Rossi, is anyone going to blink an eye in game one? Right? Like we were surprised he even got a start. Right. 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 But to kind of do that at, to Brian at the half. Now, again, like what do you do to that kid's confidence? Right? Maybe he yeah. needs to be taking up down a peg anyways, based on the way that he acts at times. But even then, right? Like, I don't think you're doing yourself any favors. And so, mm-hmm. you know, when you look at, when you look at kind of the totality of the situation, right? Like, yeah, maybe it, maybe it seems, you know, to the outside outside looking in, it seems a bit trivial, right? But for, from our perspective, you know, and I think this is something that you've seen as, you know, like, and this is just something you learn in coaching, you know, as a whole, right? Like when you're dealing, you know, like you have to be able to be a man manager in those situations, right? And I think that's where some of these situations with Bob seem to be getting lost, either that or the front office is getting in the way. Um, Mm -hmm. Because you, I don't know how you make that move in that situation. So, I mean, especially talking, for a guy like Edwards, who's been playing, yeah, not good. I mean, even even for even the move for Rossi, like you said, if you bring him in for a Rongo, nobody bla- nobody bats an eye, and the team probably looks as good as they did in the first half, if not better. That's like that's a given. But pulling Rodriguez for him um, when it's clear that Rossi was benched because like because of his performance. Like he's got the yips, man. Yeah, I mean, you, you don't say it out loud. It, it's out loud. It's it's on the podcast. I mean, he's already got it. It's not like it's going to get any worse. Uh, he's he's missed wide open shots in two straight games now. Uh, miscontrolling balls, missing wide open passes. Um, and again, it's not to say that he's a bad player. It's not to scapegoat him. It's just like, man, this guy isn't getting the same kind of service, and now he's in his head, and he's he's missing these wide open shots. Um, but again, if you just brought him in for a wrong goal, I, I don't question you at all. It's it's the idea that you watch the first half and watch where all the attacking opportunities come from, and you're like, oh yeah, Rodriguez has got to come out. We can't we can't have our team looking good in the attack. That's that's for me the problem, um, and I and it's a problem that they again they benched Rossi for a reason, and then they brought him right in. So what yeah. what are we what are we doing? I I I don't understand. That's yeah, like, that was for me the moment where I was just completely confused at like how how are we going to try and win a game? And then Edwards comes on and then Moose comes on. It's like all right, well this is like we all see what we're doing now is just saving people's legs, I guess. Yeah, but I mean like at that point, right? Like if you're trying to send a message to Rosie that he needs to get his head out of the clouds right and playing bad when you when when a move is imminent doesn't do anything to like you know here's the things like if 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 they were going to sell him like no one is paying top money for a guy that's playing the way for in his form in yeah. his current form like he's not worth it right you're going to tell me that you know during the during MLS uh MLS is back or one of these you know even 2020 right when he was playing well and scoring goals or whatever you know whole different boot story. winner yeah yeah but when you look at it in in this season, you know, in, in our current season, 
Like, I don't know how you have an eye out the window without looking at yourself in the mirror first and, you know, because the way things are going. And then again, if, if, and if you're a coaching staff trying to send a message to that particular player that you need, you know, that you need to, you know, be a bit more self-reflective before you start acting a certain way or playing the certain way, like putting him at the half does nothing to, you know, to, to, you know, to make that point. Right. Like you've just been, you're just enabling bad behavior at that point. Yeah. I mean, you're, you're essentially saying, Hey, we tried to punish you, but yeah. now we're going to send you in because we need we need help at the half. Yeah. So, but I, even then, but I think you you already made that mistake with Brian Rodriguez. If he was if he's been acting this way for the last two years, right? And then you give him a second chance, right? Which is you know, like you know, you you know, truth be told, you need him to make good on his second chance, right? Yeah. So you give him that opportunity because you can't sell low, right? Or you don't you know you don't want to sell at a loss. But again, you know, again, the way that they're managing the people in the situation, in the atmosphere, and again, from things that we've heard in the past in terms of how they've been managing kind of the overall situation, right, when it comes to dealing with their speculative signings. Mm -hmm. Forcing them onto the field to make sure that they show and that some other club will come by them. Absolutely. You know, like, but it does nothing for your overall end product. Right, especially when other guys are producing, and you know, again, at, me, at a certain me, point, you can lose. Can I make a the... quick point on that? Yeah. What has it, so? This is one of the frustrating things um, to me, and it's that what has so LAFC? Who have they sold that's like made a big impact somewhere? Uh, I can think Christian of one Ramirez. guy. Really. What's that? Christian Ramirez. Christian. <laughs> He's taking it to all the taking it to all the Scots. But like it's Walker Zimmerman, right? Yeah. So they've proven that they can take, you know, kind of a, a run of the mill uh defender and turn him into a defender of the year. Yeah. And sell him on for a million in funny money. And they've repeated that concept with Mark Anthony Kay, who's gonna go on and have a, a good career and um I'm sure he's gonna perform just fine for for Colorado. Um and it, you know, we've talked about how it's a bit of a lazy comparison to just say, oh yeah, they're, they're the same deal. But um, who have they sold overseas? Like where's the proof of concept of somebody coming to LAFC and then moving overseas? And this is where it comes back to the whole roster build to, you should have taken a deal for Rossi when you, when you could like, and the idea now is like, what I'm afraid of, and maybe this is completely unfounded, but LAFC has no proof of concept and they have all this money sunk into the, all these different players that they have to now force onto the field. But nobody can point to an LAFC player who's gone overseas and had success yet. Lawrence so, won. <laughs> I said success, Josh. <laughs> he went overseas, uh, though. Yeah, he went back to Belgium, right? And no, he went to France. Oh, France. Okay, he's from Belgium. Went to France, but then he, but then he wound up like back at Montreal, wasn't he? Uh, yeah, because he, I forget exactly what happened. And then in Toronto, and then I don't know, yeah. know what's going on with him now. So, or, I mean, I guess technically, Andre Horta went back to to Portugal, right? Um, we still, own, I think, we still own fifty percent of his rights. <laughs> but it's like none of. It, I think LAFC really needs to do a better job of saying. Hey, 
we bought Rossi for $2 million and we're going to sell him for 10. That's okay. We don't have to sell him for 25 right away. Or we bought, uh, I don't know, Cifuentes for whatever it was. And we're going to sell him for a couple million dollars. Ratuesta, we got a good deal on him. And we think he's one of the best midfielders in the league. But yeah, we'll take a $5 million bid because he's going to go to Ajax and be a proof of concept for us. Like that, I feel like that's one of the one of the areas that they missed is just letting some guys go have success instead of like trying to hold this all together. And now you've created a locker room where Mark or a guy like Mark Mark Anthony K looks around. He's like, I'm a starter every single game, and you brought in Francisco Janela because you think he's going to be the next big thing, and you're going to sell him for a huge a huge price tag, and I want to be paid too. Um, so I, that, that kind of bugs me, but anyway, yeah. that's another long rant. Sorry. Lots of rants but, tonight, but I mean, but that's that you have to decide what your goal is, right? Like yeah. what's your intention? What's your goal, right? From the beginning, they've, they've wanted to be this, this selling club, right? In the mold of an Ajax or the mold of a, you know, like where you dominate domestically and, and the rest of it. But again, I think the proof of concept thing is what allows you to do it long-term, yeah. Right. Yeah. Like, and that's the one thing they've never come good on. Right. And like you see it in business all the time. You have a great idea, but if you can't execute it, you know, at a, at a, at scale, yeah. it doesn't matter how good your idea is. It's just theory at that yep. point. Right. And, and most of the time those ideas end up falling at the wayside because there's no, you know, you don't have someone who's, who's willing to pull the trigger. Right. You would think with all the business guys that they have involved with this thing, that you need to have established that credibility around the world first, because how it is now at this point, right? A Juan Pablo Angel go to a to Medellin and convince the next Atuesta to come. If the if the other Atuesta is still there and you haven't sold him yeah. and you have moved yeah. him on to to a to another opportunity, yeah, right. I mean, to that credit, they still have guys coming. I mean, Chicho Arango did show up, right? And he from from everything that we understand about him, he just burned down the Colombian league. So uh, they still they still have some juice. Um, well, but I mean, when I mean, you think about him bringing him in, though, right? Like he's not—it's a different profile. He's twenty-six. Yeah. Right. So you're right. you're bringing you're bringing those guys in to contribute and to win games because if you don't, you're going to get fired. It's what we've long argued for, right? Right. You need some right. more of those guys. Yeah, which which I think is is good for the overall product that the on the field, but in terms mm-hmm. of making good on what your what your intent was, right? Like. Now you're just trying to put out fires, right? Yeah. As opposed to trying to, you know, actually executing on what your plan was. And when you've deviated from the plan that much, because you you they can't pull the trigger for whatever reason, right? Like, you know, everyone has had to deal with a pandemic. You know, you're not you're you're not you're not special, yeah. Right? Like, wh- how many busy? You know, like businesses left and right, people losing their jobs, all these different things. And you're going to complain about not being able to sell at Tuesta for, you know, $10 million when you could have got seven. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Like, I don't, I don't feel bad. You know, so I think, and- I think the, like maybe if we put some, some names to this. Uh, why would pen your role? I think this is your point. Why would, why would pen your role? Tell one of their young players. Yeah. If you go to LAFC, you're going to get you're like, that's the way to get to Europe. When both the players that they have sent here, uh, are not 
they seem as far from Europe as the day that they got here. I mean, there's been rumors upon rumors upon rumors about deals about Rossi, and uh, it's almost it's almost done. He's going to go to Tottenham. He's going to go to Everton. He's going to go to Fiorentina. Uh, all these different clubs are interested in him, and we and here we are. And again, I like Diego Rossi. I don't I don't necessarily need the club to sell him right away, but um, why why are more South American prospects going to come here if that's what they see? Yeah, so. and if well, and on top of that, right. If you're that, if you're a South American club with a sell-on clause, you're not getting anything yes. back until these guys are moved. So right, right. again, I'm sending everyone to FC Dallas because those guys yeah. will sell anyone. Like they don't <laughs> care about winning; they just want to move people. And so, if yeah. that's the whole thing, right? Send them to a club like that where they're going to move them on. Yeah. But you know, even Atlanta is probably more willing. To, I mean, seemingly just by they, sheer force of just by yeah. the sheer number I mean, of people they're that trying to get. Over. They're, they're, yeah. they're, they can't. They can't wait to get rid of Ezekiel Barco, <laughs> right? Like you Arthur know, you, Blank he, has been linked to like thirty-five DPs in this transfer window. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, if they actually had someone that was, you know, like put someone co- competent in terms of talent evaluation, right? Like uh, over there, and, and and also a coach that can put it all together, yeah. right? It's a whole yeah. different story. But you know, those those guys are more, you know, more than happy to sell on even at a loss because yeah. they want to win. Yeah, you, you don't get that from from the front office LAFC, right? Yeah. Like, it again, like, but that's the difference between a guy like Arthur Blank, who's you know who's big money, for and has been in this game for a long time, versus the new money that's flowed into LAFC. To be fair, yeah. Like, yeah, yeah, I mean, maybe Peter Guber, right, is probably the exception in his and with his experience with the Warriors and and the Dodgers, but mm-hmm. you know. Again, like you're in Major League Soccer, so I don't know. Yeah, so I mean, I feel like we're just kind of meandering all over the place. We probably just need to stop wallowing it at this point. But to to put kind of a fine point on it, again tonight you see the same problems manifesting themselves, and many of these problems are long term problems with the roster build, with the fact that you can't get your you you have three DPS, you can't get them all in the same field because they're all the same. They all play the same position. And there's only two of those positions on the field. Uh, you you continue to see problems at center back with depth. And again, Mamadou Fall may be quite the godsend there. And like you may have found a diamond in the rough where you can like now uh, patch up your your defensive depth. Um, and now all of a sudden, it seems like uh, Romero needs he needs to needs a game or two to to take a breather and kind of reset because man, him getting beat on that, on that near post on the free kick. I mean, I know that I know the attacker gets a foot on it, but I, I don't know what, I don't know what they were doing in terms of defending. Like the wall was way too far uh, in the middle of the box and Romero's not there to take away the, the near post. So I, I, I don't know, man, there were a couple of shaky times where he comes out or doesn't come out. So, uh, you see a lot of these same problems start to manifest themselves. How, like the way that they manage the keepers, the way that they built the roster, Bob making weird subs that may or may not be influenced by personal vendettas against somebody. Uh, so I, that's that's what worries me is seeing more and more trends continue. I don't know. Yeah, I mean. Like who you can bring in? You can't bring. I mean, it's like if Mexico fires Tata, you still can't bring him in because he hates Carlos Vela. So, yeah, 
Yeah. You know, um, so let me let me. I feel like we've been super negative for 44 minutes, mostly because we have. Um, but I do I do want to point out some positives because there there again there's still there's still good things about this team. Brian Rodriguez, who you thought was just a lost cause, comes in and again for two games looked like your most dangerous attacker. Chicho Arango looks like he's got some excellent qualities and just probably needs to fit before the goal before he starts finding the back of the net. Francisco Janela continues to be a wonderful passer of the ball. If they can find a way to keep him on the field and not have their their midfield sliced up because of his defensive liabilities, you're good. Mamadou Fall has emerged as as a as a viable center back option. Um, so I mean, these are all positive things that are that are on display tonight, even in a a tough loss. So I don't know. Did I miss any positives there, Josh? Before we get into some questions? No, I mean, I was I will, will never pass up an opportunity to bring out how good fall has looked in the time that he's been on the field and probably should have, you know, like I would have, I would have, would I have been okay if you play fall alongside Mario and Blackman on the right hand side for just a ton of defensive stability. Yeah. You know, after that last game, probably, you know, I'm probably happier with that than what we got, but you know, I can, that's just me harping on moon and people are going to think that I hate his game, but I just, the defense bothers me. Yeah. I what I will say is that this is the halfway point of the season. This is who this team is. This is who they are. Um and as we get into the questions, I think we're gonna <laughs> we're gonna feel that uh a little bit more. All right, you ready for this? Yep. All right, Christopher Colonna at tw- at LAFC twenty twenty one. I'll just say it, Bob out. Find a caretaker coach for the re- for the re- uh remainder of the season. Let's be real. This team isn't winning anything anyway. Get Bob out now and spend the rest of the year finding his replacement. Bob's ideas are stale. His message is being tuned out. His time is up. Josh? I'm number one for midseason coaching changes, mainly because I think there's, like, it it does far more to, and again, and that, unless the locker room has become Gabriel Heinze-esque, right? Where it's like, yeah. you've completely alienated everyone. As long as you... And again, maybe we've seen bits and pieces of that in the way that, you know, it seems like Carlos Vela, you know, just kind of, you know, took took that playoff where he could have probably put that one on a score on the back post at the end of the first half. Mm-hmm. But, you know, on the on the Rodriguez move. But yeah, I mean, it's it's getting harder and harder to defend both, you know, again, Bob, especially from a substitution perspective and you know, yeah. in a man management perspective. Um, and that, you know, but to me, if, if you get rid of, if you get, if you get rid of Bob, then again, who my question is like, if you go caretaker, right, it's going to be what, Hante, Razov, and Kenny Arena. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I don't know what that does for you in terms of at all, or what that does for the development. Again, you have to think, I, I just wonder what the long-term implications are. But if you, if I think the what you could probably do is you just leave him in place and find that new manager anyways, right? It's like Bayern yeah. Munich do this all the time. They just they just leave a guy out there. Um, if he loses games, he loses games. But it just it, so that way, when you actually let him go, no one is that you know that exasperated over it. Yeah. Um, yeah. You just kind of continue to let him, you know, give him enough, give him enough, just give enough room for himself to fail, and then at that point. Right, you 
you start talking to man whoever manager you're going to bring in you start talking to already and then have them slowly start to make those roster moves behind the scenes right yeah. i think that's probably your best your best way to go about it, as opposed to i'm like i said i've never liked the caretaker right because that's how you end up with all the what's his name um the guy from manchester united staying there forever well they're gonna shush us there's just i think you you run into problems where like you're gonna end up with a bit too much sentiment for what what you used to have and you know again there's there's probably guys in that locker room that that love kenny and and razov but i don't know right like yeah i think i think to a certain degree if you're going to start afresh you need to go all the you know it's like it's one of those things where i'm not sure you go halfway i think you just you 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 got to just do it and then at that point let the new coaching staff or whatever go from there but again yeah. that's that's why i'm not i'm not one i think you let the season play out and then see and then make those assessments as as the season continues but i don't think you make a i think if you when you let the coaching the co- unless, unless it becomes toxic i am i'm not one to pull that trigger until this until the season's over yeah i mean it's tough because so far, Bob hasn't had any answers. And uh, what I will grant him is that in, we've been very critical for a long time about about the the poor construction of this roster, the lack of a number nine striker, uh, the over-reliance on DP wingers, the lack of, of, of creative midfielders, um, the lack of center back depth. Um, all those things contribute to him having to kind of patch this all together. And we've seen him do an admirable job. He seems like he has a good grasp on, like when you listen to him in his, in his pressers, he seems like he has a good grasp on what went wrong on all these different plays. And so it does give you a little bit of confidence that, okay, maybe he can fix it, but we're still giving up ridiculous set piece goals at the rapid rate. We are still, like I said, having problems with our keepers. We're still seeing, weird substitution patterns. Um, so uh, the, like you said, it's becoming harder and harder to defend him. And tonight, again, when he pulled out Brian Rodriguez was the first time where I was like, dang, man, what? Like, why, why are you do- legitimately? Why are you doing this? What did you see in that half that made you think that was the right decision? Um, where it was just like, I, I, didn't see what he was seeing. And again, I'm probably wrong. I don't know, but I like, I'm just confused at this point. So it's like, it's like you, not only is it harder to defend him, but it's, um, I find myself wanting to defend him less and less, I guess. Like, you know, like I've, I think so you give him the benefit of the doubt, but I'm not going, I think, I don't think, you know, on this podcast, I don't think either of us are going out of our way to do it the way we haven't. Yeah. In the past. Yeah. So my hashtag Bob out yet? No, because I think, I think he's still the kind of coach that could possibly figure this out. Um, but man, it's getting hard. All right. Next one. Somber. And we have a ton of questions so we got, we got to speed this along. Somber Amarath at Somber Amarath. We have no offense. We have no defense. We can't make passes. We have no fight, no creativity and no clue. We are well and truly screwed. I don't know if I disagree with any of that. Yeah, tell me how you really feel. Yeah, um, yeah. I mean, it's hard to argue with most of that. I mean, you know, the the it, again, when you abandon your principles, this is what you end up with. 
Yeah. And that's kind nope. of what it feels yeah. like. One thing I want to say is we can't make passes like that's a legitimate concern. So I talked about, you know, these long, slow passes that San Jose was jumping all night because nobody's moving. Nobody's checking to the ball. Nobody's nobody's. I mean, you see changes, changes of position every every now and again still. But you don't see midfielders dropping in. You don't see midfielders moving laterally. You don't see center backs shifting. You don't see uh, the, the wingers really try and get involved early. It's just man, they just, it's like, it's like they just stand around half the time waiting to be past the ball. And by the time the ball gets to them, they get it taken away because everybody knows where it's going. All right. Next one. Lionel Hutz at from cheap seat had this scary thought. Vela got into peak condition so he could play the 2018 world cup, had the best season in MLS history in 2019, went all out in CCL last December against league MX, whatever the issue injury focus. He's not at the same level this year. He scored so many goals to bail the team out from outside the box. None this year. Correct me if I'm wrong. I don't think he's scored any curlers. Um, nope. I think most of his goals have been tap-ins, um, which is fine. Make the run next time with Brian Rodriguez and I'll get another tap-in. Ultimately, that's the difference between this year and past years. I mean, certainly Carlos Vela is not has not been playing the same. We talked about this at the beginning of the season. I remember we took some heat for you know saying he's not the same, something's up. Um, but I mean, can you argue it at this point that it's not, it's not the same Carlos? I mean, actually, I think the, it is the same Carlos, right? This is the Carlos okay, Vela. That's fair. That's this fair. is literally, this is literally the Carlos Vela that every, every Mexico fan has warned us about for, since he signed with the team, right? Yeah. That he'll have these moments where he is on par scoring wise with the Messi's and Ronaldo's in La Liga. And then you won't hear about him for eighteen months. Yeah, right, right. Like he does, he kind of plays when he wants to, and again, it doesn't seem like he wants to right now. But again, yeah. like I, I would love to say that we should be surprised at his lack of form. But to be fair, when you look at the scope of that guy's career, right, is is this not what he's always been? And have we just been kidding ourselves that to expect something different? That, oh, maybe that he's finally in LA and he's happy that, you know, he'll he, you know, he'll show up and you know be more consistent. Like, no, like again, I'm pretty sure this is the exact Carlos Vela that, you know, like I said, I remember um, you know, what my buddy when when they first signed him, I hadn't I didn't really know who he was um at first. And but you know, my one of my but good friends was you know hit one of his his big moments was when Mexico won that Olympics right with Vela mm-hmm. and the, those Santos brothers and all those different things and when I told him that oh yeah this is who the LFC brought in he's like oh like and I was like wait, wait, wait what do you mean and basically that's kind of what he brought up right it was just like you know like he's a guy that's supremely talented probably one of the most talented players to ever play for the country but his his effort is you know, is to be, leave something to be desired, right? I you know what I have to say right now, right? So, Get lost. <laughs> Get lost. <laughs> oh, Bob. All right, one more from Lionel Hutz. Uh, on the positive side, I thought Palacios was great again. Feel like we can't go wrong with him or Farfan at that position. Yeah, I, I think Palacios has, has uh, gotten right back into the squad. He, you know, a little shake at the beginning, and I think uh, Farfan has looked good when in position, which he has rarely played 
in the right position, which is left back or left wing back. Most of the time he's playing right back or right wing back or, uh, I mean, right center back or left center back or, I mean, next, you know, I halfway expect Bob to throw him up at center forward and back. Oh yeah. He's, he's great. He'll, he'll make it happen. Um, so that is, when that I, is a positive note. When I first read this, I wasn't sure, quite sure if that he meant that tongue in cheek. Um, given, Oh really? <laughs> yeah. I mean, no one has played well, man. <laughs> okay. Well, I mean, I, I still think, I mean, I do think he's looked better. I mean, yeah. you're still not getting like all those crosses and everything, but anyway, I mean, maybe I'm just a sarcasm is, too. Is look is, at me being optimistic. I mean, again, is is Palacios, you know, Andy Robertson? No, is he playing decent right now? Yeah, so uh, you know, it's it's better than what it was in the beginning of the season at, at minimum. Yeah, so yeah, I'll and better. I mean, when he first when he first came back from uh, Copa America, like he was he was in shambles um, yeah. that first game, but. All right. Uh, next one, Eric at Grimace four twenty. Oh shoot! <laughs> I told you to get lost too soon. Vela is showing he deserves to move to Australia come November. Yeesh. Yeah, I think. I, I mean, he's shown the motivation. Somehow, you got to bottle it. And again, like you said, it's it's been a it's been a problem for coaches with both Mexico and and on the club side. But man. It's hard to let go of a talent like that, even if it is hit and miss. Alistair Christie at Christie Alley. Team's still targeting the space behind our left and right backs. Moon has a horror show in the first half defensively. Cheeky got better as the game went on. Yeah, I mean, this is what this is what you mentioned, right? I mean, right from the drop there, mm-hmm. they're putting balls right behind Moon because he's gonna he's gonna kinda uh move his way forward and not always work back immediately. So yeah, like some. I just wonder sometimes, like, is does he not see what's happening? Like, does he just not notice, or just I don't know. Like, I sometimes I wonder. Yeah, I mean, I remember, I remember a couple seasons ago too. Jordan Harvey used to get beat back there, and it was like, are you just old? Are you, are you, are you not getting back, or is this like what you're being tasked with doing? I don't know. Yeah, I mean, uh, like, but I mean, like Harvey, when you see, I mean, he's he's trying to get back there he just couldn't right yeah. like like I, there's a couple of times where I, I see that ball played the cowl and and palacios i mean and maria would have to pick him one up pick him up one-on-one and moon's jogging yeah yeah you know and again i don't maybe that's not his responsibility maybe they're expecting him to come back to you know maybe they were expecting him to come back or what i mean maybe they're there that's what they were that was part of what he was being coached up to do but mm-hmm. I don't know. Like I said, it didn't. Something felt. I I don't I don't have answers, man. I don't I don't know. It's like I said, I don't know what I'm watching anymore because yeah. it's hard to it's hard like it's hard to imagine that they would be tasked with doing the things that they're doing. Yeah, that's that's what's confusing to me. But then again, it's hard to see your best attacker subbed off in two in two straight games. So I don't know. Jesus Manriquez at Jesu. 2198. I said it before when we reached the CCL, Bradley needed to go. Need a new coach and better decisions from the front office. Uh, what are we doing signing random players like Edwards, Musovsky, uh, etc.? Not to mention they get it wrong with 90% of new players who come. Uh, I certainly feel your pain there. And 
I was not on the Bob out train in uh, immediately after CCL. Um, but like I said, the, the calls are getting more and more uh, robust. The arguments for it are becoming more and more persuasive. And you're certainly not wrong about, you know, some of these lower budget players like Edwards and Musovsky who are seeing a frustrating number of minutes at this point. But, yeah, I mean, I think those guys were brought in for a specific reason, and that's to warm the bench. And yeah. for some reason, they've made yeah. it onto the pitch. That again boggles my mind why Edward, you know, because I I don't I don't see, you know, again maybe maybe we're just not good at watching football because I don't I don't be. I don't know. Could be. Uh, what I will say is the results don't disagree with us, Josh. Yeah. So if we're bad at if we're bad at watching football, um, we're still, you know, par for course when it comes to assessing their ability to win or not. Ben Cox at Sir Bensington substitutions continue to be wildly perplexing. Again, I've mentioned it so many times now. I don't want to bring it up again. Uh, but Brian Rodriguez should not be subbed in this game. Not even yeah. for Diego Rossi. So that. And then Edwards comes in is like, oh, now, now you guys are in, now you guys are in trouble. <laughs> yeah, you're asking for trouble. I mean, when the second he comes in, right, you're, I don't know what you expect to happen at that point. Yeah, well, it's like it's like uh, when we were at the game on Wednesday and Moose and Moose gets subbed in. It's like, well, I, t- I think I turned to you and just said, all right, that's it, follow yeah. up shot. Like that's that's it. We've we've officially waved the white flag, and he gets a consolation goal. Uh, like Jamie Tart does in uh, <laughs> in in the game. I, who do they lose to? I think I think they lost four one to Crystal Palace, right? In that episode, it's like yeah, it's like Ted Lasso's so. first game, and he loses four one to, to to Palace. I think. Mm-hmm. And Jamie Tart gets mad about Arlo White not shouting out his meaningless goal. Yeah, <laughs> in stoppage time. Sorry, that's a that's a detour. Um. All right, Justin33W, at Justin33W. I'm trying my absolute hardest not to overreact, but holy cow, my concern for Rossi and Atuesta. They've been playing like they have one foot out the door all year. Positives fall looks promising. I like what I see from Chicho. I think this is 100% spot on, and I I don't think it's arguable. Do you? No. I mean, I think that's probably the best. I mean, it's it's the less long-winded assessment of of what we've what we've kind of been talking about, right? Yeah. Like, yeah, I don't know. Got to sell somebody, sell them cheap, open up the floodgates afterward. Mike beats at beats. What will a Biga bring? That's a good question. And I, I, to be honest, I don't know enough to, to answer this one. Well, because I just haven't watched him enough. I know that he was a USL defender of the year, two years ago, uh, which has got to speak for something, right? Yeah, I mean, I think the one thing that I, I I saw when I kind of look at it is that he he played he was the center back under um, Patrick Vieira, right? When mm. that when and under Tarrant, when mm-hmm. New York was playing, you know, I think they pushed us to the very last game, right, for the Supporter Shield in our best season. Yeah. Um, and from what I from what I gather, he seems like he's a guy that's comfortable playing the ball at his feet. You know, yeah. so maybe that's maybe that's what we're getting. Hard to tell, though. Yep. 
what I what I hope he brings, this is what I'll say, is what I hope he'll bring, and I think it's probably given, you know, his history in MLS, uh, is another guy who can compete for minutes and can free up Tristan Blackman to compete for minutes at right back. And he and Moon can now push each other. And you may not have to rely on Moon all the time to play right back. Um, if he's, you know, if it's a bad matchup for whatever reason, or, you know, I, I think I, that's one thing is some, some more stability on the back line and, and some much needed depth. So that's, that's the answer for right now. Uh, good question. Darmalia at Darmalia, the number of crosses in the box with no one running into the box is an issue. Uh, I'm not to ball watching in the attack. Oh, I guess. And ball watching in the attacking is what he's trying to say here. Um, yeah, that's, I mean, I, I don't know. I don't know what's with all these crosses. We don't have a big towering uh, striker in the middle. So I, I don't know what we're doing. Josh. Yeah. I mean, the ball watching part is to me is uh, in the attack is the part that I think we've talked at length about tonight, right? In the sense that, you know, like there used to be, you know, a principle that this team played where you're supposed to move with the attack and not sit around yeah. and just watch. And we're not doing any of that. So that's probably why we're ending up with the results that we're getting. Yep. All right. Next one, John T. Lang at John Lang PhD, Dr. Lang. Mamadou follows showing some potential. 100%. We've hit that one a couple of times now, but it's still true. Black and gold takes at black gold. Uh, Arango's passing seems solid. So as you kind of brought this up, you want to tee off on that one? Yeah, I mean, I think he's a guy that seems like he can do a lot of different things. He fits in with what they wanted to do in terms of having like a, a, a guy who can flex and move to right spots. They just don't know where those spots are at this point, right? More than anything, I think they'll. I think he's a guy that seems they'll, they'll figure it out. He's able to drop into the midfield. His hold-up play looks good, right? Where you know you see him just body a defender and then make the turn. Um, those are all promising things. The question yeah. is, again, can can they put? Are they able to put it together? And that remains mm-hmm. to be seen. All right, Eswald eleven at Eswald eleven. Chicho looked good. Check. Uh, blessing was blessing. Awesome. Aside from aside from blessing making like the youth soccer mistake of looking at the keeper and then shooting it straight at the keeper as a result when the back post is just completely wide open. Uh, Blessing did look good. And man, I, mm, that shot, (laughs) he did so well. He sidestepped so many defenders only to shoot it right at the keeper. Uh, And fall can hit, uh, can hit long and is a good center back. Again, all things we've kind of hit so far. Alex Fala at Alex Fala one. This team seems to have forgotten how to play. Josh, any thoughts on that one? I mean, the abandonment of all principles that we've seen for three years is pretty evident of that. So, you know, I think that one's right on spot. All right. Juan Pablo Marquez at JP Marquez. We have a center back in fall. Check. I agree. He needed some lights games under his belt, uh, but now he's ready for his first start. Maybe not 90, but a start. You can't give B-Rod these baby minutes. He needs 80 to 90 to fully access him. Uh, Chicho won't be thrown into Atlanta for the first first game, so that's good. Okay, so th- some really good stuff. Fall probably is ready for a start. I mean, he didn't look out of place at all today. Um, and you could start him probably over Blackman. You could start him alongside Mario if Mario's ready to go. 
Um, I, I agree. You can't treat B-Rod like this. Give him, give him a full game. Let him grow into it. Let him, let him really eat. And I think it is good that you give Chicho his first start today instead of against Atlanta. Anything there? Yeah. I mean, I think with, with fall getting more minutes, I think the one thing that you're, we're still going to be missing is some, is that communication and someone to kind of marshal it all together. Right. And I think you lost that. I mean, that's the biggest loss when it comes to Eddie Segura, right. His ability to kind of just organize everything back there. So you've seen black men try to do it unsuccessfully, whether or not Mario can do that. And again, that that's probably the one fear that you have bringing him in is mm. again, being what he's 18, 19. What's that? Right? Sorry. How old? I mean, isn't fall like 19 years old. I think he's 19. Right, so you bring in a guy like that, you know, who has all the talent in the world, um, but doesn't command. Isn't going to command that backline the way you probably need someone yeah. to. Um, yeah. That that's probably my only concern at that yeah. point, right? In terms of okay, next one from Tom Camilleri at Bronco Fan Oh Seven. Uh, thought Rodriguez was positive today, so naturally he was subbed off at halftime for Rosie, who's done nothing for several games. Now that's negative. Yeah, that is. <laughs> Hundred percent right, uh, all the way around. Uh, man, I'm glad. I'm glad we're not the only ones, Josh. Yeah, I don't feel crazy. Um, LAFC Sweden at LAFC SE. Got to be Sweden. Uh, Fall is greater than Blackman, and I mean, I don't. I don't necessarily disagree. He's looked really good, uh, and Blackman's not a center back, as we continue to say. He's a he's a right back. So. Yeah. Uh, Alistair Christie at Christie Alley. Fall a positive again. Why are we constantly looking to play long balls over the top with up to six guys chasing after the second ball? We are a pass and move team. Let's pass and move. And Josh, you chimed in here. Uh, to this point, we've seen a lot of pass, not a lot of move this season. Yeah. Uh, that's what we've you been know, talking I, about all night. Yeah, we've been going on for nearly 70 minutes here, yeah? Yep. All right, Mayor Maynard. Minor, sorry, at Shop Eat Sleep. Seems like there's potential there with Arango. Again, I, I I agree. I think I think you do too. Uh, in the interest of time, I'm now just speaking for you, Josh. Yeah, there's something there. <laughs> there's something. Yeah, hundred percent. All right, uh, man. I don't know what to make of this symbol. Uh, the artist for, formerly known as at Danniness. The team is confused. Bob has confused them beyond repair. They are hundred percent confused. Hundred percent. And you see one thing, one other thing that I'll mention about confusion tonight, you saw center backs so far spread apart in a four man back line while in possession that at one point I asked, are they trying to shift to a three man back line with like moon becoming part of it? Because I couldn't tell like there that with them jumping back and forth between these two formations, it seems like there is something being lost in translation, but I don't know what you got, Josh. Yeah, I, I mean, whether or not it's completely lost, I, that I'm I'm going to continue to reserve my judgment for a little yeah. bit longer. Uh, but again, my, my patience is waning. Yep. What I will say is that in a couple of days, me and Josh are coming back and we're going to do our mid-season grades, uh, player grades, Bob grades. Definitely getting a front office grade as well. Um, so look for that episode uh, prior to, who do we play next, next Sunday? Atlanta, isn't it? Oh yeah, it no, is Atlanta. Van- yep. Is Vancouver? 
I know this is Van- oh, no, that's Vancouver and then the Galaxy, but I think Atlanta's our next one. Okay. So before then, you should see another episode from us with our midseason player grades. Thank you for sticking with us for now 72 minutes. We know it was a long one, but man, it's a lot of stuff to vent about. Uh, hopefully we can get it back on track in the second half of the season, but we will see. You can follow the show at counterpress underscore Josh. LAFC Josh on Twitter. You can follow me at Kirk Kinsey, and we will talk to you all in a few days. Good night.